Hi, friends. Welcome to our podcast, Happily Together. We're your hosts. I'm Kara. And I'm Caleb. And can we just say that we are so glad you are here. Oh, it's a good day to be alive. I count my blessings and keep them all at my side. There ain't no stopping us or stopping. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> hey, babe. Hello, love. And uh, hello to you listening wherever you are wherever I, you are in the world welcome. yeah i hope and trust that your heart is well and i hope that your january is going great yeah as good as it can <laughs> today's podcast was fun it was so much fun um, we love friendship we do love friendship we and love relationships part of happily together yeah of uh, what we wanted to do with this is obviously we are talking about the questions we're asking and the conversations we're having that mm-hmm. help us and to help others live a life happily together. And it's not just about our relationship. Yeah. Right? It's just not about me and you, but it's also what adds into us staying happy and living happily together are the friendships that we have, mm-hmm. the meaningful relationships that we are cultivating creating. with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the space that we're creating to invite those types of meaningful relationships in. Yeah. And so we had a chance to sit down uh, with the authors of I'll Be There, But I'll Be Wearing Sweatpants. Great title. It is such a great title. <laughs> Amy Weatherly and Jess Johnston. And- Oh my gosh. I wish everybody could this you know what this would have been? What? We have a goal of doing like a live oh podcast one day. Yes. Like a live event <laughs> yes. where people can actually come. Obviously that's down the road. But I think it would be cool. This would have been a, one of the perfect conversations. Conversations. Just oh because of how fun these two people they are. They really are so fun. And I think that uh, we just we started off giggling so <laughs> much, which just led to some really, really beautiful and yeah. fun conversation about friendship. What about it looks like friendship. to to create friendship, what it looks like to uh, move on from friendship, yeah. to break up with friends, to, you know, adult adult friendships are weird. They can just be strange. And, and- you'll hear it in the podcast, but I think it's worth mentioning. Yeah. She, I think it was Amy, she kind of brought up the point about how when we're in relationship with each other, mm. usually if mm. you're married to someone, you just, you don't end that relationship with that person, like just walking out of your life and not saying a word. Yeah. Of course that's happened, but Usually that's not the case, um, but and she had mentioned another type of uh, relationship. Dating, just, just dating yeah, dating. You mm-hmm. kind of have a conversation. I know people are getting ghosted, but mm-hmm. usually you have a conversation and they kind of tell you why this relationship is going to end. Mm-hmm. But she said inside of friendships, it's like where we see the most ghosting actually happening. Yeah, people just walk out of friendships and they don't communicate why. Yeah, and the grief that that and can the create. grief that it comes with it, and so let us tell you about Amy and Jess for just a second. So Amy is a Texas girl through and through which is where she lives with her husband her three kids and her two rescue dogs named Lou and Brewster (laughs) she is very passionate about helping women embrace courage confidence and purpose for their life and she does it with a quick wit and down-to-earth sense of humor she is honestly so funny funny. she has written for the today show msn.com good morning america yahoo.com and love what matters and you can find her on instagram we'll link all of their stuff below Jess, she lives in Southern California with her husband and four kids who are the loves of her life. Her favorite thing to do is sit around a table with her best friends eating nachos. Me too. Love that. And laughing until her stomach hurts. She is the co-author of I'll Be There, But I'll Be Wearing Sweatpants. And she has been a top contributor to publications such as, such as The Huffington Post, Scary Mama, and Motherly. And has been honored with the Motherly's Writer of the Year Award. 
Again, you can find all of the links uh, to the great work and the online communities in the book um, and any other resources that were mentioned during this podcast episode. You can find all of that listed in the description to this podcast. Yeah, their book comes out on January 25th, so make sure to Go pre-order it book. on Amazon or any other it's any so other place good. that books are it's sold. It's worth it. Go buy the book. It's so and good. So, yeah, and here's what Amy and Jess have to say. I'm feeling good today. It's always a good sign when there's a lot of laughter before the podcast even starts. Oh, it's so but, true. <laughs> needless to say, Jessica, Amy, it is so great to have you here. Um, I I work with Alive, uh, so I follow them on Instagram, the Alive Literacy Agent. Literary. Literary Agent. Agent. <laughs> Hi, I'm Caleb, and I'm still learning English. Um <laughs> But I work with Rachel with my book, and they had posted um, a photo of y'all's book coming out. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. I love this. Um, I just read the title, and I was like, oh, I feel supported <laughs> by reading the title <laughs> of this book. And so I just reached out, and I asked them if you all would love to come on the podcast. And here we are. And it's so great to have you both. Oh, thanks thank so you much for, for having, having us. us. Thank so you. Fun. You guys, I- and how appropriately... Is that title for the pandemic area? Yeah. Exactly. Nobody's, wearing, nobody's wearing hard pants anymore. Yeah, we're staying in sweatpants. <laughs> we're living in them. I want to. Yes. I want to start us by talking about something very serious. Oh. I um I read that you guys are queso connoisseurs. <laughs> oh, so much. Yes. We need to talk yes. about queso for a second because. Yes. As a pregnant person, I think I've eaten my weight and my baby's weight <laughs> in queso every week. So oh, it's so good. So what what qualifies good queso for you? Oh, Just any queso. I feel like I have. Case. I feel like I have a really good like home queso mm. recipe. Come on, okay. share the wealth. I really like. I really like using the Chipotle Rotel oh. in it versus the norm, the original. Give it a little kick. And that, yes, mm. that really makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I've never tried the Chipotle Rotel. My favorite Rotel is the it's Mexican something or other, and it has lime and cilantro in it. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So I like a home queso too, but I think it's better if you make it in the skillet. Mm, mm-hmm. like yeah, you get a little crispy. And yeah. Yes, but okay. I've also, I'm here's where I'm kind of bratty about quesos because I live in Texas. Mm. And so I feel like every time I go out of the state, I'm like, uh, uh, that doesn't measure that, up. That is true. That is Maybe very we true. could do this better. <laughs> Fair. Not, Fair. We have what a, kind of life do you want to live if you're just going to serve average queso? Exactly. Like, come on. Exactly. We live. Exactly. We live down the road from a, um, a taco shop called Ladybird. They're actually out of Austin. They're out of Austin. Yeah, oh. they're Austin style tacos, okay. and I honestly, you know, I feel like a good sign of queso is that I can eat it twice a week, <laughs> and I still crave it. <laughs> Yes. 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 I still want yes. more of it. Yes. That's a good I mean, sign. That's a wonderful sign. I yeah. get the jackpot. Yes. No chips. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. It is my morning cereal. That's all. Yes. I'm going keto. I'm going, guys, is a, I'm living a healthy lifestyle. I'm eating my queso without the chips. 2022. <laughs> all about that keto queso. I feel like with this pregnancy, I've hit the jackpot. Like, I've honestly had it so easy. 
Because I hear of like people making like, you know, 11 p.m. trips to Walgreens for these cravings. <laughs> and I've never had to do it because the things that you've only cra- have craved are like the things that I always have in the house, like meat. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're craving meat and queso. I'm like, I could get on this all day long. <laughs> tacos, pizza. Yeah, tacos, oh my God, pizza. Nice. Like, I can do it. So I have. I have a quick story about um, midnight snacks while pregnant. Yes. I, um, when we're early married, I I got pregnant and I was a little rageful sometimes. (laughs) And so me and my husband would, (laughs) we'd get in these fights and then he has a special skill where he just like falls asleep mid argument. (laughs) Oh, like he just is like. And so I, because I'm super mature, would like open all the doors and like turn on all the lights, like trying to wake him up and it wouldn't work. So then I would just take myself to the midnight drive through of Carl's yes. Jr. Oh. and get myself a bacon cheeseburger. Yes, Love. you would. Love. Yes, you would. Wait, can we go back to like falling, <laughs> falling asleep, asleep in the middle of an argument? Yes. Does yes. he still He's have not- this skill? Oh, yes. Wow. 100%. Wow. Are y'all arguing like laying down in bed or? <laughs> no. Well, see, and the thing was, is that I would think like, I just made the best because he got quiet. I'm like, oh, I just I made, made I a really, crushed I made this a conversation. Really uh-huh. And he is like soaking it in. He's uh-huh. like, you are correct. Mm. And then I look over and he's just like dead to the world. Wow. I'm like, Whoa! I won. <laughs> Wake up and fight with me. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. That That's amazing. amazing. How long have y'all been it married? You both are you both are married, right? Both yes. married with kids. Uh 15 years for me. Wow. Whoa. That's amazing. We were yeah, we were 20 when we got married. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. I've, I've been married eleven years. Okay. Wow. That's so good. I, know, I had to think about it. Too. That's amazing. So I've been married more than ten. More yeah, than ten. That's, that's amazing. We did an episode yesterday um, called uh, "What I Wish I Would Have Known Before I Got Married," and we had before marriage. Before oh. marriage, we had what like a hundred people write in their yeah, little their, their little oh, thoughts. So cool. And it was so fun to hear. There were so many good ones. There was inspiring ones. Yeah. There were sad ones, heartbreaking ones. Yeah. <laughs> what I yeah. wish I would have known about marriage: never to get married. Yeah, but I would love to ask you all that question, knowing yeah. that you've been married for a while now. Looking back, I guess throughout your course of living a married life, like what would, what did you wish you would have known going into marriage? Oh, I I don't know if I, this is what I wish I would have known. This is just overall advice that I like to give. Mm. Um, it's just, marry, if you're going to have kids, if you plan on having kids, marry the person who will wake up at 3 a.m. and clean kid puke with you. Mm, that's good. <laughs> to me, that is essential yeah. because like, if I have to wake up at that, like that's exhausting and I need someone, please be in this with me. Please be in this so good yeah so marry the person who will clean kid puke with you is um that's a good that's a good thing to look for in a partner (laughs) and also i guess i would say like if you think that you will never fight over the thermostat you are wrong. <laughs> you are wrong. There will be fights about the temperature of the of the house, and yeah. you will. It will be petty and what ridiculous. Is, what is your ideal temperature? Um, I, I'm about at like a 69 to 70 girl. Uh huh. And he is. <laughs> He's really cheap. So. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. In the summer, it'll be 
something degrees and he's like opening the windows no. and I'm like, no. bro, what you doing? What you doing? And he was like, it's beautiful outside. And I'm like, no, no it's okay, not. We're going to air condition yeah. up here. And then like, if it's cold, he's like, no, it's fine. Like today I was like, it's 65 in the house, Brandon. I am very chilly. And he's like, no, if you were outside and it was 65 degrees, you would say it was the beautiful day. And I'm like, but I'm, I'm inside. Sorry, there's no sun. <laughs> you see that? Yes. Yeah. So he doesn't have and I, just whatever is cheapest. That is his, that is what he wants. <laughs> That's amazing. Just a quick story here. We, we moved into this house in Nashville. We're trying to get into the market and buy here. Of course, we moved into Nashville at the most... At the boom. At the boom that's happening. Yeah. Um, but nobody ever told us about our mm -hmm. thermostat here that there is a emergency heating function. You know how you slide the dial from left to right? Like cool left is cold, right uh -huh. is heat. Uh -huh. like, so uh -huh. only in states that are south of Kentucky, which is what I learned from our heating guy later, they have this extra little knob called emf doesn't even say emergency it just says emf yeah. nobody thinks about what that means i just go left to right we just go left to right so we yeah our heating bill last month was 490 dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and i keep the house oh i keep the house at like 68 69 68. yeah and we were gone for mm -hmm. two of the weeks so with it dropped to like 64 we came back and we were like oh what is going on and the heating guy came over the sweet sweet southern man and he walked in and I'm pregnant. And he goes, you having a girl? And I go, how do you know that? And he goes, I have seven. <laughs> it was like amazing. <laughs> and then he, he's like, let's take a look at your HVAC. Cause they thought it was probably an HVAC issue. And he's like, well, let me look at your thermostat first. And he looks and he goes, oh, honey, you're just burning dollars right now. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> he's like, see this little button called EMF? That's what it is, burning dollars. Oh, Tragic. I learned the hard way. No. So if you live oh, in the South. You did learn the hard way. Yeah. Hard well, way. here's, so yesterday, this is so random, but yesterday our plumbing has been messed up. Oh, we just no. moved to a brand new house. Our plumbing's been bad. It was a ping pong Oh no. $450 ping pong ball. Nobody will fess up to it. I'm like, who who flushed a ping pong ball? It wasn't me. I would never do that. And I was like, one of you <laughs> I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna find out who it is. So exactly. One day it'll be ten years from now and you're gonna fess up and I'm gonna ground you for it. <laughs> <laughs> I will be sending you an invoice. Don't forget you are wrong, kids. I will remember this bill. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. Jess, what would you wanna know before you got married? Um, first of all that my husband so easily falls asleep. <laughs> number one. That's very fair. <laughs> Wish I could have mentally prepared very, for that. <laughs> and that he didn't really enjoy arguing as much as I did. Like I kind of like I like like cashing it out. Mm. He he is like, can we do this another time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we yeah. can we never do this? Um, uh, I would say that how laugh how how important laughing is in marriage mm. like just to keep laughing to not take yeah. myself too seriously I, I feel like that took me a bit yeah but even if you're going through hard things even if you're um arguing if you can keep laughing and having a sense of humor it yeah it keeps your friendship alive yeah. so good I, love that. I said something similar because i was That's like true. we learned this early on even though nobody told us this but we did learn it early on to like and this is the benefits of marrying a seven on the Enneagram, oh. 
is that like? I was like, gonna say. Yeah. So like, you guys are enneagram people. Oh yeah, we love <laughs> it. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And so it. I was just like prioritizing play. I'm a four wing three, and so like life is so serious and I've got to find my <laughs> so mission dramatic. and my purpose in life and live significant, and like yes. feel yes. all the feelings. And she's like, so, uh, what are we doing today? And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, I'm finding we my have purpose. To work. Um, no, but yes, like learning like- how to prioritize play, yeah. we learned this early on. And I think even before we got married, it's kind of become a value inside of our, our home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just been critical, even though we're two years into marriage of just maintaining, like this overall sense of just happiness towards life, despite mm-hmm. what is happening in our lives that might not be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, love a, it's a heart so disposition. It's a heart space thing, right? Like yeah. prioritizing yeah. place. Totally. It's a, yeah. Yep. To, to, so to help to explain it even further, my husband is a nine. Okay. So he does not. So falling asleep to in an argument uh-huh. totally makes sense. Makes to the total nine. Sense. And I'm a seven. <laughs> yeah, oh. actually, I'm a seven. So With I fire. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a nine. So I can't, I won't fall asleep in an argument, but I will peace out. From one. Mm. Very <laughs> too much, too much, too much, like too I much. Like, too much. Mm. Like I like moonwalk out of the room and be like, ah, ah. <laughs> okay. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> <gasps> this is I don't excuse me while I hide under the couch cushion please yes. sir um but I can't I can't sleep if we've had a fight because in my head I'm like he's mad he's uh-huh. mad this is not peaceful oh my gosh this uh-huh. is like da, 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 da. like I can't I could never fall asleep but I do like to peace out from a, an argument like, like we've had an argument that has gone on for um, like 10 days because I will not just, <laughs> I will not just finish the argument. Like, I, I can't, won't just like, too much. I won't hash it out. I'm like, I have done what I can do for today. Yeah. And then like, I just have to. <laughs> I've I reached my capacity. I've I love, my capacity. Uh, I feel like as, you know, when I want to dive into like adult friendships, Yes. Um, you know, so much of my life has been like this very, this incessant need. I've had this anxious attachment towards life of needing to figure out my life, my purpose, my plan. And I've always been um, running as hard as I can, Mm -hmm. as long as I can, as fast as I can, uh, trying to fulfill the expectation of where I think I should be in life or what my life should look like. And I think systematically my healing journey has been leading me back to surrendering. David White's one of Mm -hmm. my favorite kind of poets. And he says in one of his poems, there's a line that says basically, you know, give up all other worlds except the one which you belong to here and now. And I remember reading that. I'm like, God damn, like, are you serious? Like, I've been this trying is, to get out of all my worlds. I've been trying to like yeah. live into all these <laughs> other worlds. And I've been trying to get out of this current world because this current world is never enough. And then through enough healing, I've been able to identify that like it's never enough because of the mm. shame that I've been able mm-hmm. to mask as motivation. Shame is reducing me to believing I'm never enough. And so therefore my external experience is always going to be never enough. Mm. And I say all that because so much of my journey has been giving up all of these worlds as intentionally as I can and learning how to accept who I am, where I am. And it's revolutionized my life in the most just amazing and beautiful ways. But I say all that because now where I'm at in life, community and friendships Mm -hmm. have never been more important. It's like the the yeah. quality of my life and the sense of happiness that I'm experiencing in life is directly connected to my community where before I didn't have time for people like mm. get out of my way. Right. You're in, you're, you're, you're blocking me from reaching my yes. goals in life. And now it's just like, I'm going nowhere. I'm here now. 
Mm-hmm. I want to like yeah. experience life now. And, and you want to be present. I want to be present. <laughs> and what mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. increases the overall satisfaction is the depth and the meaningfulness inside of my relationships. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they're huge. It's huge. I don't think anything. And I've, I've really tried to remember this on this journey of, you know, Jess and I built this Facebook page and just growing and I've done my own Facebook page and growing and, and, um, I remember being like, so I can be very insecure. Not can be. I mean, I would say I am very insecure, but I work on it, but (laughs) very insecure. So I remember being like, okay, like when I hit 10,000 followers, I will know that I'm good at what Mm. I'm doing. And then I hit 10,000 followers and I was like, okay, so that wasn't the right number. (laughs) (laughs) But like, if I can hit a hundred thousand followers, then I'm going to know, I'm going to know that I I am actually good at this and that I'm okay. And then you hit that number and you're like, okay, (laughs) so that wasn't it either. Yeah. And then it becomes the next thing. Like, okay, well, when I get a book deal, well, when I write this book and I can still kind of trip into that mindset of, well, if this book hits the New York Times bestseller, or if this, and I have to pause and go, Amy, it will never fill your soul ever, Mm -hmm. ever. I don't Mm -hmm. care what the number is. I don't care what the achievement is. I don't care what it is. It will never, ever, ever fill your soul. Know who you are, Mm -hmm. believe in what you were created to do, and just live in the now, because it really is. uh, Like, none of that stuff has ever made me happier. Yeah, It's never done anything, but like, but a night out with my friend sure has yeah, knowing yeah. I have people who love me and know me that's changed my life. Yeah. But like all of this stuff that you're so convinced is going to do it for you. It just ain't it. Yeah. And that's what I found. It's not it. It really is what the core of your life is like I, my family and my friends who are my people. Yeah. And if that is rock solid, the rest of it is kind of all fluff. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. I feel that. It's so good. That's so good. Okay. So tell us you guys about this book. <laughs> you wrote a book together. You co-wrote a book together. That's <laughs> so fun about friendship. Actually, as we were coming into this conversation <clears throat> and we were laughing before we hit record, I, I was remembering, uh, probably like five years ago, I was dating this guy and he, he made a comment. Um, and he was, he was actually trying to criticize me he said you assume intimacy with people you just assume intimacy and I took it as such a he was trying to be critical but I took it as such a compliment like yes yes I do do. yes I do I come into and it might be the seven in me but I come (laughs) I come into encounters like this being like of course we could be friends of course we could create connection yeah you start you start from something that I'm waiting for somebody to validate yeah you're already there but I will say it's sometimes awkward when we're in a stranger's house and you're going through the pantry or we're in like, <laughs> and you're like, assume intimacy, honey. Assume intimacy. Not going through strangers' pantries. Maybe once or twice. No, but <laughs> but I think there's something there because I feel like my my entire life, I was single until I was 34. And that was a whole journey for me. I was the girl who thought I'd get married by like 22 at the latest. And so to be single and to be so intentional with creating life-giving, lifelong tribe-like friendships has been such a core value to me. And so when, uh, when we knew we were going to have you guys on the podcast, I was getting so jazzed because I was like, this is such a topic. That's such a hard thing to talk about adult friendship. How do we, how do we create these really intimate connective experiences with people? So 
yeah, I'd love for you guys to tell us about the book and kind of what prompted the 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 writing of it and and just your own experiences with obviously becoming friends together and then creating friendship in general. Yeah, I guess how did y'all's friendship start? Yeah. So, I slid into Jess's DMs. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we were in a writer's group together. Oh. And um Amy yeah, Amy slid into my DMs. She's <laughs> like, hey girl. So it started out like uh, it started instant Instagram messaging, and mm-hmm. then we took it to the next level. We're like, "Do you want to speak on the phone?" Whoa! And <laughs> yes, yeah. second and we, base. I think fast. we honestly, yes, it was. <laughs> and we honestly just like talked for hours right away. Really nice. Just really connected. Um, kind of like a, a sister I hadn't met yet you know yeah. we're just yeah. kind of cut from the same cloth we both assumed intimacy with each other we did assume <laughs> intimacy because I can I can definitely relate to that um and w- one of the things we ended up talking a lot about was friendship our own struggles with friendship mm-hmm. our own belief in how important it is mm-hmm. and so um basically how it happened is one day Amy called me and she's like Jess I am packing for a trip and I have two minutes. I have decided what we need to do. We need to start a Facebook page and it needs to be called (laughs) sister. I am with you. And it's going to be all about friendship and the world needs it. Mm. Are you in? And I was like, yes, absolutely. (laughs) I'm all in. I'm always in. I'm I'm literally, I'm a seven. You're a yes person. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. And so we, we didn't actually meet in real life till a few months after we started our, our page, mm-hmm. I think. So that could have that could have been weird. That could have been, been weird. weird. We showed up and we're like, wow, you are not who I thought. <laughs> <laughs> showed up and like, wow, my spirit, who I am does not like you are. I want like- to unassume the intimacy. I want to unassume yes, it. Yes, I want to backtrack. Yes, I love to exactly. take um yeah but like we just ate a lot of good food together we laughed our butts off we just mm. had like we just had That's so really beautiful. connected so yeah That's so beautiful i love that so you started the facebook page and it started it went, just boom. exploded because i'm super enthusiastic obviously and and amy is a very enthusiastic nine we definitely were like really pumping ourselves up about it. Like before we even started it, we were like, this is going to be the best thing ever. <laughs> it's going to be huge. It's going to be amazing. But we were, our minds were literally blown when we actually did it. And yeah. we're like, Oh, it is it's a big pain point in people's lives. For it sure. is. Yes. Yeah. It and really yeah. Is. We were like, Oh, what? Yeah. It's a that core we, felt need. Yeah. Wait, did you all both, like, would you say individually growing up? Or, like, what was your uh, experience around friendships? Um, Did you have, like, meaningful friendships? I think some of my deepest pain Mm. (laughs) came from the the heartbreak of, like, being in friendship and being betrayed um, or being kind of abandoned. So I, you know, obviously adopt the mentality of like you're all dead to me and I don't need anybody <laughs> in this life I'm gonna fast track to success and I'm going to prove everybody wrong yeah. <laughs> and so it was so bad this is so embarrassing because I remember one time when I I played football and growing up in a small Texas town I'm like 
you know, one of the first uh, people from this town to get a Division One college football scholarship. And the Amarillo News Channel came to the house. Ooh. And they did this big feature on me. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty proud of it. And um, they, they asked me this so embarrassing. This is, like, where I was with friends. They asked me, like, will you ever... Like, because I had dreams of playing in the NFL and everything. And they're like, if, would you ever uh, consider coming back to the town and like coaching or whatever? And I straight up said, if I ever come back to this town, it's to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> because I had so much pain from, oh. from friendships of just being so deeply bullied and yeah. wounded and made fun of, even oh. though I was a star athlete. It was just this weird <laughs> dynamic. So I appreciate the work that y'all are doing. Um, but yeah, I'm wondering, did this come out of a big pain point from your own experiences? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the things that I always like to say is friendship has been some of my, the source of um, some of my highest highs and some of my lowest lows. Good. I mean, both, both ends. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually think when Jess and I met, one of the things I was kind of going through a very painful friend sort of breakup mm -hmm. where, um, and I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't see it coming. And then it was just like, boom, there it is. And um, was really, yeah, that was kind of, wasn't that just, yeah, I feel like yeah. I was, I really was. So just talking about it, I think mm. it was so healing and having just there. Um, cause I remember having conversations with Jess and being like, I just don't know what's wrong with me. I mm. don't know mm. why people leave me. I don't know. I don't know why this keeps happening. And I'm like, like I was, mm. I'm sure I was annoying. I'm so glad <laughs> Jess liked me. Cause I'm like, I'm like, Jess, tell me what's wrong with me. <laughs> Just tell me why people don't like me. Mm. And, um, it was just, a, it was a growing learning experience. And it, it is, I think it is until the day we die. It, yeah. it always is yeah. this how yeah. to, how to connect with people, how to let people go yeah. because yes. they are seasons are just not, I mean, friendships are, are going to last some of them are forever. A very, 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 very small few are going to be forever. Mm -hmm. Most of them are going to be seasonal and just learning to appreciate what was mm -hmm. and then letting it go with grace. That's what I, uh, one of the things like I really try to preach is let it go with grace. Don't be bitter. Don't be trying to buy your whole town out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know, but like, so let, let so it good. go with grace. Realize now there is an open space in mm. your life, which is painful, but it also means that something new can be born there. Yeah. So kind of look at it from all perspectives and what That's can so I learn? How can I grow? How can I do better? What do I need? And just this ever evolving, just sort of learning to be curious about people and just wanting to connect with them, mm. whatever I have right then, how can I connect with you? Because it's a beautiful thing between humans and people and, and connection that we have things in common and we're so different. It's just, a, it's beautiful and it's mm. weird and it makes friendship complicated, yeah. Yeah. but it's worth it. When yeah. it works, it's worth it. Yes. I love what you just said about uh, allowing things to to end allowing it to be mm -hmm. a season I you know I I feel like um in my life I've had I've had friend breakups but I had probably my most significant friend breakup like three years ago and it was so disorienting for me because I am someone who wants to fight I want it I want to make it uh I want to make it work I'll fight till the end to yeah. make it work mm -hmm. um and it was a really interesting process for me to to try to navigate that with grace, to try to let it end gracefully. 
And I learned so much in the process. And I, um, I think that's one of, it's one of my greatest teaching moments, uh, in the sense Mm -hmm. that there's such a beauty in allowing something to be so significant and important and lovely and amazing for a season. And when the season ends, there's even something more significant about knowing when it's time to let it go and Mm -hmm. allowing it to, allowing it to go and allowing, um, each other to, to grow and evolve and, and yeah, become, yeah. become different versions of self. And that's really mm-hmm. what happened for us. And I, um, I now am able to look back with, with gratitude and be like, I, that, that was for me. That was actually for me. I think the hard yeah. part, and you identified this and I, I would love your guys, guys' thoughts you know, on we this. I want just to answer this as well. Oh yeah. Question. Yeah. <laughs> but, but how do we not make it about, cause you said this, Amy, but like, how do we not make it about like, what's wrong with me? what's wrong with me that this didn't mm. work, right? Because that, I think, especially as women, that's a tendency mm. to say, oh, this thing was, quote, broken or it broke and therefore there must be some reason, right? Like there must be a reason. And yes. and my tendency is to say what's wrong with me that that made it not work. So how do we how do we navigate kind of this, this season of friendship ending and then not ask the question, what's wrong with me? Or reframe the question rather. I think I'll, I can answer both those questions. I, I moved a lot as a kid. So I had a loneliness was probably the biggest thing. One of the biggest things in my life that I struggled with the Mm. pain of loneliness. And I had this moment, um, when I was a new mom, I had kids under, you know, all under four. And I remember sitting in the living room with my husband and they were in bed we were watching TV and I just turned off the TV and I just started bawling. And I was like, I am so lonely and I have no idea where to start or where to find friends to really like, I don't know where my people are <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me that I don't have those people. Cause I think in my mind, if people wanted to be my friends, they would like pursue me or they would invite me to do something. Like if there wasn't something wrong with me, then people would be like banging at my door and be like, you, I choose you (laughs) come, come have coffee with me. You're my new best friend, you know? So I really, I really was stuck in that place of something is wrong with me. I missed out on some class in school that everybody else got about friendship. (laughs) There's something there's something missing and that is why I am lonely. And I think one of the most powerful parts of this process has been saying those things, like saying I was so lonely. I was so, I didn't know where to start. I felt like something was missing. And then women from all across the world saying me too, me too. I, have felt the same way. And I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one that that was lonely as an adult, the only one who didn't know how to, um, how to cultivate and keep deep relations in my relationships in my life. Or like you're talking about with a friend breakup. Um, I thought I was the only one that is going through friend breakups. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The loneliness piece is like, Oh. it's hard yeah it's something hard. that i've always dealt with i also just realized that like 
friendship, like deep friendship requires, you know, deep vulnerability. Like mm-hmm. you're opening yourself up and you're allowing yourself to be seen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always only had friends or I, I learned at a very young age that I'm the most accepted when I'm like literally scoring touchdowns. Like I can go back right. to that first memory when I was six years old and I scored mm-hmm. the game winning touchdown that won the community wide city championship. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to brag but uh <laughs> brag, honey. <laughs> and it, it, i remember running to my mom and I, I talk often about this in my keynotes but i was running to my mom and she grabbed me by the face and she said i love you so much you score the game winning touchdown mm. and it, it was such an innocent moment of her just loving on me but what i heard is that i'm loved when i score touchdowns mm. and i think that did something in terms of like how do i find my acceptance how do i find my love how do i make myself the most beautiful so that I could be accepted by other people. And it was Mm -hmm. through the pursuit of success. Mm. Right. But then I get, I feel so trapped and I felt so alone because no matter the success, I was not still finding these satisfying, meaningful relationships. Mm. And I feel like the loneliness piece has been um, twofold where it's been like loneliness have been some of the most beautiful, magical seasons of my life because I can say, looking back, it's where I really, truly learn how to belong to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and But then also it's the second thing of like we need, we're made, our biology, like we're created to be in relationship mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. Like what is the big thing right now? Like the um, opposite of addiction is not sobriety. It's connection. connection yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So I, I really yeah, identify with that. Yeah, we're definitely social beings to our core. Yeah. There is nothing you can ever do to get rid of it, to erase it. That longing, you can quiet as much as you want to. You can stay busy mm. and try to numb it. That desire for connection is there. Like I always say, yeah. like our our uh, world has evolved very fast and, and all of this has evolved. Like we got these, we have phones now. We're like <laughs> videoing a crawl across the country. Like it's like bouncing off of space. Like this is insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we still have this village mentality yes. where I want to do life with you. Our brains haven't evolved nearly as fast as the world yes. has. And so we still have that village mentality. And what I, one of the things I think about all the time is what I want my friends, um, and my friends and in people, and I think we all want this, will you love me when I'm without? Mm. Will you love me when I'm without scoring the touchdowns? Yeah. Will yeah. I be good enough when, um, you know, if all of this goes away and I decide I don't want to write anymore, I don't want a social media thing. Yeah. Will you love me when I'm without? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will you love me when I'm without money, without, uh, will you love me when I'm without? And I think that's a question that I, I, I do intentionally look for friends who I think are, are just like me. Just yeah. like me, none yeah. of the fluff, none of the extra, um, no matter what my hair looks like or my clothes are or where I live or where I send my kids to school, we do love you love that. me without? That's and I think that's like a core human desire, yeah. right? It, it's the core human desire, and it's also the opposite of the direction our culture is going yes. as far yeah. as social media. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, especially young women just and, and men need to hear that, like, popularity is never going to equal connection mm. but we feel like ever, ever if but we feel like yeah. if I filter my life in a way that's palatable to people that yeah. they're going to be impressed with me or they're they're going to want to follow me that I'm going to feel like I belong totally. yeah and it's just so not good. true like that's we so can't 
unless we're vulnerable and real in our close friendships, we're never going to feel that belonging and connection. Cause even if they don't know, we're not being real. Mm. We're going to know, we're going to know, yeah. we're going to know we're not showing up in an authentic way. And so we're not going to feel that connection and belonging. And they're just two polar opposite things, but it's confusing. Cause mm. it feels like, it feels like if I'm popular, for sure. then I, this, this missing piece in me is going to be filled and I'm going to feel like, yeah. Where in reality, I, I feel like the increase of popularity almost like expands the imposter syndrome. Absolutely. Right? It does. The increase yeah, of popularity does. actually Absolutely. hinders the connection because there's that reasoning inside of you that's saying like, if you really know me, if you actually see me, mm-hmm. you're so you spend your entire life like out of the, afraid of being found out. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I think too, well, I, I want to stay here because I would love to hear y'all's thoughts to piggyback off what you said, Kara. I think when I look back at my life, there have been seasons of friendships that have come into my life and they have really opened up the door to healing and awareness Mm -hmm. and just have helped me move my life forward. And I can honestly say, I think some of the most painful moments of my life have been grieving the relationships that have come with me to this point, but are not meant to go with me to where I'm I'm going, Mm -hmm. letting those relationships go. And I have the tendency to be like, okay, you're all dead to me. Like shut my heart down and be like, whatever, just move on. (laughs) Because loyalty is such a massive value for me. Um, And that's why I will only have so many close friends, like just, uh, just on like, you know, four or five of them. Um, But I'm wondering like from your experiences, because also we kind of, I think are having a little bit of a friend breakup now. um, How do you like, give grieving and letting go of friendships it's necessary but how do we navigate that space with an open heart i mean i think all of life the whole goal is to keep a pure heart right like that's what i want with my whole life i live and i die and i keep this pure heart and so i think you almost have to put a fence around it and like hold your integrity really really tight and say like you know what i i cannot control you i can't control how you Um, deal with this friend breakup. I can't control on your end of things, but I will be very, very, very good with how I control it from mine. So I will continue to love you, even though I know I have to do it from a distance. I will continue to be kind because even if I have to do that from a distance, because that's what's good for my heart, that keeps my heart pure in a sense. And just to realize that even if a friendship ends and it is deeply painful and you could never take away from that. It is a certain kind of grief that you go through and that is natural. I mean, it's what it is and not enough people will admit that, but it is somebody was in your life and very involved and now they're not. That is, that is, you can mourn that loss, but also realize that even the the loss of it doesn't take away from what was. It doesn't take away. Those memories are forever. Mm. The good is forever. It doesn't take away from that. And so kind of hold on to that. And I just feel like there's something really powerful and really beautiful. And like, I want good for you. I I genuinely want good for you. No matter what happens between us, my heart is to want good for you. And and I think this friend breakup, that's the only way to do that. And it's sad and it's scary and it's hard. And you're probably going to have some uncomfortable situations. But in that sense, I mean, it's just, it's, it's really important to know who you are. Mm. And, and believe in who you are and hold tight to that integrity and your pure heart. Like never let anybody, anybody 
take away from what's the good in you. Mm. That's so good. You're a Does better, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a better yeah. person than I am. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> it makes total sense. And it's such a, again, like such a beautiful perspective that the good doesn't end. The good yeah. isn't The good lost. does not end. Mm-hmm. It's not lost. <laughs> it doesn't end. It's, it's fully there. Yeah, and it's like that. the depth of grief that you're feeling is really a clear indicator of how just beautiful this how really it, was, and how much they impacted exactly. you. Right? True. And that's exactly, that's such a great honor. I, yeah, I don't know if other people are this way, but Amy and I joke about like. When, if we're gonna be friends, like sign here on the dotted line. I will never leave you. I will like you forever. Like yeah. we're gonna get, you know, like that. That's we would love it if like there was that kind of guarantee mm. in friendships. I, I think maybe it's, it's so a bad. desire, as a desire to control it and control oh, yeah. like the I know that you're, I know yeah. that you're never gonna hurt me because you're never mm. leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the crappy part is is that that's just never a part of it like it's always a risk it's always giving your heart to someone and not knowing like maybe it's no one's even it's no one's fault maybe it just ends maybe your lives take a different a different direction but yeah Mm. and I think it's hard I think maybe that's kind of one of the hard things about it too is it's really the only relationship so like um, even like, like in your boyfriend and girlfriend, when you're dating in your like dating relationships, I <laughs> sounded very juvenile there, but <laughs> like in your dating relationships, that person typically is not just going to walk out of your life without telling you, right. Hey, I'm ending this. You're going to have some closure there. There's right. going to be some kind of discussion, That's a good right? Point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your marriage cannot just, you're not, you're probably <laughs> yeah. not just going to wake up one day and like, oh my word, he's gone. Dying. He's just gone. But a friendship is the only relationship that's really different in that yeah. aspect. And there doesn't, there probably isn't going to be closure. There mm. probably isn't going to be some big discussion of like, Hey, so I need you to know it's not happened. you, it's me, <laughs> but true. this it's just really isn't working out for me. There's no closure there. And so I think sometimes that's why we mourn them a little more and why yeah. we go into like the questioning of what happened, what went wrong, what mm. is wrong with me. Yeah. And the truth is probably nothing. Probably mm, it's two different absolutely. people that it just wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I do think that's what makes it kind of weird as opposed to other relationships. Yeah. It's such true. a solid, because it's exactly what it's just true. happened. Yeah. Or, oh, is it really? Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. exactly what just happened. Um, yeah. It literally. This, this conversation was purely <laughs> selfish. Caleb got his therapy <laughs> session. <laughs> no, no, and I'm not speaking. Like, I, I'm fine like i'm the person that i know that friendships ebb and flow and they come to an end and i can honor it and it's beautiful but you ghosted me like you just said goodbye like you set boundaries without clarifying the boundaries yeah you fell asleep in the argument you fell asleep in the (laughs) argument where it just felt it felt like very violating violating like i gave you access to my heart Mm -hmm. i let you into my inner circle like of my Mm. heart i shared my dreams like i did all these things with you and then it's just like bye and so i definitely and i was one that's kind of like adamant on getting closure but talking to Kara, i'm just like no i'm just gonna let it go and again i'm keeping my heart open through it because it's like i know with bringing new life into this world and the expansion that is that we are uh cultivating in our own hearts and the Mm -hmm. dreams that we have 
like I need that space. I need that emotional mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. And so it's And it been, is. It it had it has created space. It has you. created mm-hmm. space for me of just being like, mm-hmm. okay, I can see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. I mourn it. I don't need closure. I'm not gonna badmouth you. I'm not gonna do any of that stuff. We're just two different people and now it's kinda of pretty clear that we're on two different paths and quite frankly, I'm kind of like I'm glad that it kind of happened now in yeah. retrospect in terms of yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I think the closure thing is really interesting because I think you're so right. I think it's so rare that we do get closure. I also think there's a time and a place, and I guess it comes down to each individual experience to, to, to have the hard conversation. Like when you're going towards the breakup and you're like, we're probably breaking up, we're probably breaking up and asking the question, is there space to have a, a conversation here? And I, um, I recently, um, with one of my best friends, uh, pro- I'm trying to think of the timing of this probably six months ago. More than that. Yeah. We came to this, this place of, of verging on a breakup and we have evolved so differently. When we met, we were both single. We both were like traveling all the time, working together. And, um, y- our lives went in totally different paths and we mm-hmm. were able to really maintain closeness. But then when I got engaged, it really put a, a weird, it just put a weird energy around our friendship. It shifted yeah. things again, right? It's a big shift. And so, um, I wasn't keeping her from her friends. No, no, it just, it, again, it, the energy shifted, the ener- the, the energetic yeah. connection yeah. between yeah, us shifted. Totally. And, and my the priorities we were life. shifting. The way that we see life is mm-hmm. a little different. The, yeah, you. the yeah. way, even, even spiritually, how I was evolving felt different. And, and mm-hmm. we had been going, you know, this one direction together and then it started to vean off and, it started to get really awkward. And I, I remember thinking like, we got to talk about this. Like I, I want to, I, I prioritize this friendship so much that there does feel like there's space to have the hard conversation. Yeah. And I will say we had it and it was so uncomfortable and weird. And you're like, Oh, this is so weird to talk about, but it literally, it cleared the slate for us. But yeah, Mm -hmm. sorry. where it, it almost, um, I feel like what we had to do is we had to tear down all the expectations that we had already set Mm -hmm. for each other. We had to tear down this like vision of friendship that we had had and say, do we want to start new? Do we want to start this friendship in a, in a new kind of way where we're connecting differently because we had become such different people and we were having the expectation that we were going to connect how we used to. And it just wasn't working. But it was a really redemptive experience for me because I felt like, oh, that was really hard and uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah, but this but, is what's possible. But this is what's possible too oh, to reframe yeah. and and redo. That's been like an experience of me like standing back and watching this afar because like obviously you come at Carrie coming at me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't just stand back and let you fight. Like I'm in this fight too now. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe a little codependent. Well, no judgment here. Whatever. You guys get it. Okay. Just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. Um, however, I would say though that like it, it goes back to what Amy said. Like, will you love me? Yeah. For me. Yeah. Right. When I'm not meeting these expectations of who you think I should be totally. or the path that we yeah. were once on mm-hmm. that's no longer aligned with me. I'm not me. that girl anymore. And I can say, mm-hmm. though, looking at that, that's been such a re- that's did something to me because mm. I've, I've stood back and just watched it afar and saw y'all completely recalibrate this friendship. And it's still it's completely different. Mm. It's so different. It's yeah. different, but it's still a beautiful friendship. Yeah. And I think that's what's possible mm-hmm. when we navigate that tension with open hearts and with awareness and a willing really to just have hard conversations. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. I will say that my long, my longest friendships, the ones that have really lasted, you know, a decade or, or more are the ones where we've had the most hard conversations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and they still prove to be safe afterwards, you know, and I, and I was still safe for them afterwards and we kept choosing each other. And that brought us closer ultimately, even though the conversations were really hard, but yeah. the, it's hard, right? Because it, that there's an option on the table. Yeah. When yes. you open that up, there's an option to walk away or to not choose each other. And mm. so it feels, it can feel very scary, Yeah. but yeah. because we still chose each other, it's, it just gets, it has gotten stronger and stronger because of those difficult conversations. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> Let's talk about your book. <laughs> uh, I, again, we just got it in the mail like yesterday, and so we didn't have a chance to read it. But I was wondering inside of your – I want actually two questions. Um, first, what is your favorite chapter of this book and why? Ooh. Um, and then the question. second half, I really just want to talk about – dive into the, some of the, the 10 qualities of a really good friend. So I guess I'll open the floor to one of you. What, what is your favorite chapter and why? Amy, go for it. Okay, I'm going to lay the groundwork because, like, my favorite chapter is probably one of Jess's. Okay. And it will hurt my feelings if Jess's isn't one of my. (laughs) (laughs) See, we're all codependent. So I'm going to say one of my favorite chapters. Okay. Um, Probably, I think it's chapter six, and it's called When You're on the Outside. I really like that chapter because I think there's some one of something really beautiful. I don't want to give it all away, but something that I just learned is that when you're on the outside of the circle, I feel like we all, for whatever reason, we have this mindset of there's one party, there's Mm -hmm. one table, there's, there's one group of friends. So I've got to be in that one or it's nothing. Mm -hmm. And so we like, and you can watch this happen, especially in high school, but I feel like we carry that over into adult friendships, unfortunately. But I feel like we like claw and scratch and beg our way into whatever that is. And it was this huge thing for me was I was like, hey, there's not one group. Yeah. There's not one group. Yeah, there's a ton good. of groups. If you're on the outside, go start a new one. Grab yeah. somebody else on the outside. Go start a new one. Um, there's not one party. If you're not being invited to a party, fine go throw your own if you're not you know there's not one circle yeah if you're there's not one table if you're not invited to that table because that table is full that's okay but i guarantee there are other people who need a place to sit go start something and grab some people on the outside um and and start something new like i genuinely i think you're gonna find most of your best friend in your closest relationships probably with other people on the outside mm. because they're looking for it too like like who's gonna eat the most the person who's hungry <sighs> who's gonna enjoy food the most the person who's hungry sure. you know um so i think i do really like when you're on the outside i think I like that too. And also like, I think you want to be at a table at the end of the day where it's full, but they pull up a seat. Yeah. Yes. If you're unwilling to pull up a seat, y'all have your damn table. (laughs) Again, you're dead to me. (laughs) And it was like this cool thing of when you realize like, I'm begging to go to these parties and you know what? 
when I go to them, I'm not even comfortable there. Totally. I'm yeah. like, I'm wearing these heels that I hate. And I'm wearing <laughs> these fake lashes that are itchy. I, I'm trying to go to these parties. I come home and I didn't even have a good time. I was exhausted. Why am I not throwing my own kind of party with other people who want to, you know, who live life like I do? Yeah. Uh-huh. And one's not uh-huh. better than the other. They're just different. Yeah. So I think that was like a very empowering thing for me when I realized you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. You can mm. do. You, can you don't do. have to mm. receive. You can give. And that really is the key of friendship is when you're like, I can give this stuff away. Yeah. 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 I, I, I can create that's really this. really good, Amy. Yeah. Mm. Before you say something, Jess, yeah. I, I just have a, a thought because I'm thinking of like, I haven't been invited to parties sometimes. And I'm like, come mm-hmm. on, man. <laughs> um, and it does <laughs> make on, me. <laughs> I think do sometimes when people find out that you know, I've lived the life a little bit that I've lived with the NFL and everything that they automatically assume that I are on the in crowd or something in crowd. I have all the friends. I'm getting all of the invitations. Meanwhile, I'm like, hello. (laughs) But I say (laughs) that because I, I love what you're talking about. Like go start your own party because it's true. I think there have been moments where I have found just recently, even Mm. we've talked about this, um, where I found myself like what's wrong with me. And we've kind of talked about that. I do think that has been beautiful moments, not being invited to the party for a moment for me of self-reflection of like saying, how am I showing up and how am I being perceived? Mm. And it's not me changing who I am, but I do know that like, if you get to know me, I'm one of those softest, most caring, kind and empathetic people, but I'm also six foot two, 245 pounds with a 20 inch neck (laughs) and I can walk into a room and not have a smile on my face and you will make all the assumptions. And so I think yeah. it's kind of a moment where I'm like, oh, is that why I'm not getting invited to the party? Because you think I'm just a mean Igor? <laughs> like, oh. Isn't it my neck? Is it my is neck? It, it? <laughs> but I just think also. Like, I'm, memoir I, is I'm titled, that. is it my neck? Yeah. <laughs> please, please let that be true. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it because I. In the, <laughs> it's my neck. Come on, you know I'm insecure about my neck. <laughs> not really. Um I, I just think it's, it has provided me the space for some reflection in terms of like, how am I being perceived? Yeah. And that, cause I just mm-hmm. want to know like, how are people perceiving me and am I showing up in the way that I want to show up? And it's helped me Yeah. And because now I walk into a room and I <laughs> put a big ass smile yeah. on my face. At the and, first. and piggybacking on that and taking it a little further is like, how am I inviting people in? Cause you're so, yes. you're wanting to be invited in, but how am mm-hmm. I, how am I creating that energy for other people? Like how am I being the one inviting yeah. them into Mm-hmm. I've also, because in Friends, y'all got me going now. Hi. Because um, <laughs> I crave, like, as a four, you know, like, I we're not talking about sports. Unless we're talking about the mental health breakdown of this player and the psychotherapy he did afterwards <laughs> to revitalize his life. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can talk about sports. But I'm like, with friends, I'm still learning. Like, hi, I'm Caleb. And I'm like, how's your heart? And I, <laughs> Caleb's like, here's the visual. Caleb's like, we're at the pool and he's like, he wants to grab everybody and dive into the deep end right away. Like immediately yeah. at the yeah. bottom of the and pool. And I'm still learning people need to get their toes wet. Yeah, we got to kick people, around, splash a little bit. And some people, times people don't want to go into the pool. Some people don't have capacity fine. to go into yeah, the pool. Yeah, and that's totally fine. So yeah. I'm just processing with you all. My, my husband my is new the therapist. five and it would freak him out. Yeah. It would like terrify him. If you're like... Hey, I, um, I listened to this really sad song and I would love to discuss your feelings <laughs> about these lyrics. And he'd be like, yeah, so I've got to go research some things here so good. by myself. 
<laughs> I love that. And it's just realizing like people are different. Yeah, uh, people are different. So different. We're and so I'm different. Just, I'm just I'm it's helped me so much. Just yeah. really like accepting people for where they're at, where they are. Yeah. And then I'm an open book. Like yeah. I just give the invitation. Like if it's you know after talking to me, the invitation is there. Yeah. If you want to yeah. go. If you yeah. Say I yes. love that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's just being self-aware too. Like that's mm-hmm. a, one one of the best things about friendship. You you really want good friendships? Be self-aware. Absolutely. Be, be self-aware. So know yourself really, really mm-hmm. well. And I always use the phrase, I'm like, know yourself so you can get over yourself. Mm-hmm. There's like so two good. parts of it. Like nice. everybody loves Amy. Right? Like everybody good, loves right? like the yeah. self-love, the self-love thing. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. You need to know yourself. You need to accept yourself. But then you need to get over yourself and go love somebody else. Mm. Like, you, you know who you are. Be comfortable enough with you. So you're like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm not That's asking so myself what's wrong with me anymore. Yeah. I yeah. want to know how to dig out the gold in you. Yeah. And that sort of like, it will change your whole world. It's mm. beautiful. So good. Jess, you're favorite up. chapter and why? Oh, man. I Well, one that comes to mind is... Um, when you shove all your crap in the closet and slam the door, um, which by the way, Amy came up with all the chapter names and that's why they're so great. I love them so much. I like giggling at them. They're so good. But um, it's, it's based off of this, this story my mother-in-law told me she's like the most amazing hostess in the whole world. Like she just, her house is warm and inviting. She's really the one that taught me how to do that because she's just, she's just the best hostess. But she told me a story one time <clears throat> about how, I think I was saying when I have people over, I feel like instead of having like a junk drawer, I have like a junk room and I take everything that is a mess and shove it in one room and like lock the door, like kids, socks, like toys, everything, trash, everything in one room, shut the door. But she told me the story about how she was like rage cleaning before people came over. And so she took her, like her pile of bills and papers and she hid it in her stove. Oh no. Like inside. She had like this old fashioned stove, but then she forgot and she lit it all on fire. Oh no. So like all their important papers that had been like Oh no. <laughs> on on the table or whatever were just all all burned up. Anyways. Um I think that's one of my favorite chapters though, because it's just about about showing up authentically mm. and not pretending to be somebody that we're not. And again, that idea that um that if people don't know you, they can't really love you. And even if there's only one person that like gets you and is like, I see you in your sweatpants and your weird hair thing you have going on. And I like you, (laughs) I like how you are this way. Uh, That's enough. Like we don't need, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. And it's about finding those people that we can show up authentically with. Yeah. And 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 connect with Mm. and having friends that can come over when your house is kind of embarrassing Mm. and scary yeah but they you you know you don't have to impress them yeah yeah Yeah. i I have to brag on jess for a minute oh chapter three is also incredible Mm. i'm not gonna say one word about what it's about (laughs) okay because i really want people to buy this book Yes, when you know. can't um, Amazon Prime your friendships. Yeah, don't say another word. Okay, we, we, have to, we have to say, though, 
Amy still came up with the title. And yeah. people love that title. <laughs> that is good. It's, a, it's a good title, but the contents of it, amazing and beautiful and just did such a, she did, that's my favorite. She mm. did a beautiful job, like a beautiful, beautiful job. And so I just need to brag on her a little bit that that I love when it. you shove all your crap in the closet, that's a great, that's a great chapter, but chapter three will wreck your world. Yes. I mean, it's beautiful. Oh, I can't wait. I, can't wait to I, mean, I just need to brag on my friend. No. I can't yes, wait. Man. <laughs> After this call, I'm, I'm hanging I'm up and it. reading it. Um, can I read through <laughs> just real quick the 10 qualities of a good friend? Yeah. Because I have a question yes. about one. Um, gosh. Um, we could talk so to really quick, y'all for I know y'all are amazing. a long time. 10 qualities in a really good friend. They can be real. They are a safe place for you to be real. They make time. Mm-hmm. They like you for you. That's why we're good friends, honey. Yeah. Um, you can trust <laughs> them. They are approachable. They show up. They aren't super duper negative. They're super duper negative. They're on <laughs> an all around. They're they're an all around good human, and they pursue you right back. I like the super duper because you can be a little bit negative. Yeah, a little bit. But here's <laughs> here's yeah, my question though. You're good. Be like if you're, you're negative, not for you. That's that not was to my be question. With being real, that was my question for you. Being real is important. Yes. 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 So the safe place for you to be real. Someone might say, "Well, I'm being real. I'm." verbally vomiting mm-hmm. on all of you mm-hmm. and now i'm getting <laughs> criticized because i'm not showing up as a good friend because i am being super duper negative mm. so what is like how do we balance that what's the difference between keeping it real versus being negative yeah that one's pretty tricky because that is like a tightrope and you gotta know who your yeah. people are mm. but it's it's like a it's it's everything it's what is happening most of the time mm-hmm. what is going on for the most part, mm-hmm. if every interaction you're having someone is negative, it's going to drain you. Mm-hmm. It's going to drain you. And there's no, there's no way around it. Um, they're like three. Yeah. I mean, positivity, positivity. You want to walk away from your friendships and be like, okay, this was slight. This was fun. I feel better. But also, but when I, when I need to handle your real and your heart yeah. and your struggle, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. But mostly being able to handle that is going to be built on a foundation of positivity. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Love that. So right off the bat, like, hey, I just met you. Um, So here's what's going on with my life. My husband is falling asleep. (laughs) While you're fighting. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to have a foundation that Mm. has been positive. Mm -hmm. That then you can start laying the bricks. Got money in the bank. Yeah. (laughs) Money in the bank. Let's talk about all the crap. There is like a a, a line there, I think. and, And I think there's another point of... (laughs) <laughs> to remember that your friends are not your therapist. Yes. And once, if you get to the point where you're trying to get your friend to solve your problems yep. mm-hmm. and listen Good. to all your crap and so, and you expect her to solve them for you. And you just want to sit there and like vent. She ain't being paid for that. Mm-hmm. And that she's not your, she's not your therapist. She That's did not good. go to school for that. Do not use your friend as a therapist. <laughs> Even if she did go I to school for that. I will say we probably should have, cause I'm a seven. So we probably should have included they're not super duper 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 positive. Yes, <laughs> honestly, because that that can actually be a real problem too. Agreed. And that was one of the er- earliest confrontations with one of my closest friends. Was she was like, she, she was like trying to get me to be real about a situation, and it was ridiculous. My house was like a thousand degrees inside, and I was having a party, and I couldn't cool it down. And so she mentioned that it was hot. And I was like, what? I think it feels pretty nice in here. Like I can feel, I can feel like a breeze. Can you feel that breeze? I mean, my house is pretty cool. And it was like totally like deflective. Like I didn't even know I was doing it. I had no idea, but that's like, that's how I lived my life. 
and afterwards she was like, dude, you were really defensive earlier about like the hot house <laughs> situation. That's like, so can good. you just calm down for a minute? Can you let it be so, not perfect? <laughs> yes. Can you let reality be less than perfect? Uh-huh. So I will say, and that's like one of the biggest things I've learned through friendships is now it's just a joke. Like if I start going there, like being overly positive, she'll be like, wow, it." <laughs> I don't know. It's so nice in here. Like, can't you feel that breeze? And I'll be like, oh, I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the mm-hmm. thing and I'm not being real. So I think it can go both ways because we don't want to be toxically yeah. positive either where we can't have real authentic conversations and actually like, you know, today is crap and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. So good and so yeah. true. Something so good. that uh, Karen and I have, uh, we really did it from the beginning of meeting each other. Yeah. So we met on a writer's retreat. Yes, we did. Oh, wow. So kind of some of the But from the beginning, kind of, there, I think the, you can show up and complain. You can talk about the things not going wow. on in your life. Mm. It's kind of like what is the intention behind why you're about to say what you're about to say. And also she does a great job early on. Or we, what we do, what we practice in our relationship is, hey, I've got something going on. Do you have the emotional capacity for mm, me to yes, talk about to this. It. Can mm-hmm. you help hold this for me as with I, me. with me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just like a big thing because we oftentimes, I feel like abuse the people who are closest to us and they're our mm-hmm. best friends. And we assume that they should just be there mm. and we can verbally vomit all over them. Meanwhile, they don't have the emotional capacity to even hold that. Yeah. So I think that's been helpful. That's with become us like as a well. standard in yeah. all my friendships. Like, do you mm-hmm. have capacity? Do you have capacity yeah. to have this hard conversation? And if not, can we schedule it for later? Can we talk about it later? But yeah. but giving that freedom in friendship too. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good thing. Jess and I did that at the beginning of the pandemic, where I realized like I was being like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like what is happening? And I'm worried <laughs> about this. And like, what the hell? <laughs> and, um, and there was a, finally, like, I realized, like, Amy, you're kind of dumping on Jess. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's called, like, emotional dumping. Yeah. And I was like, you got to pause. And so we just made that a rule at the very beginning of the pandemic that we start out, hey, can you can you handle some real right now? Yeah. Can yeah. you handle some dirt? If you can't handle dirt, cool. Let's yeah. talk about the weather. And that's yeah. fine, too. And also, um, like, I think it creates space, too, because it lets me know as the seven, oh, we're just going to, like, sit in this for a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't yeah. need... We don't need your sunshine right now. Mm-hmm. Don't calm it down. And we're just going to talk about the real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. Y'all, this has been, this do you have been, something? No, I was oh. going to say, this has been delightful. Has been delightful. <laughs> it Love it was delightful. really cool. <laughs> I've enjoyed this so um, much. And I have to say my, my son is obsessed with football. So this is a definitely the coolest thing that he thinks that I have done so <laughs> far in cool. my life. So. <laughs> some brownie points there. Um, real quick, a couple uh, rapid fire questions. Amy, you have gone first. So I'll give you the permission to go first um, if you want it. Um, uh-huh. But just real quick, if you, because you get to think about your answer, Jess. Um, yes. I'm going to buy you billboard space. And you can say anything you want on okay. a billboard. What are you going to put? Please like me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best answer i've ever heard please like me oh we do we like you we like you <laughs> jess what about you 
Oh my gosh, I had time and I still don't know. Um, probably you're not alone. Love that. Awesome. Jess, uh, yours is so sweet. <laughs> Y'all look like a jerk. <laughs> so good, so good. So if, good. If you only had one book outside of your own book, mm. if you only had one book to gift the rest, the rest of your life, what would that book be? Like like a book by another author? Yes, uh-huh. outside of your own book. Okay, yeah. 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 Jess maybe knows. I read an alarmingly few amount of books. <laughs> <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> love alarmingly that, actually. Few. I love that, actually. It's great. Um, I love uh, Love Does, Bonk oh, yeah. Off. Okay, yeah. nice. So good. I love that book. book. Very so, cool. So good. You know what? I really love Church of the Small Things by Melanie Shankle. Ooh. Okay. I feel like that one. I think I've read it. that. I haven't either. Um, it's a devotional, but I love. Have you ever read any of Melanie's stuff? No. Okay, she's a she's a great human. Like mm-hmm. right off the bat, like adore her as a person, so that helps. But she's just a she's a good writer, yeah. and it's fun and it's easy. It's not. It's good. It's good. I What's love it that. called? So maybe of, that one. Church of the small things. Church of the small things. I love that. It's beautiful. It's a devotional. Um, I don't know. I mean, I also am like, I love Mindy Kaling's books. <laughs> she's so <laughs> funny. Oh, I she's do, so funny. She makes Mindy me Kaling? laugh. Like, from like, uh, from uh, the, the actress. Yeah, so, yeah. I, we lived in LA before we moved to Nashville. And I remember I went to catch <laughs> oh, yeah. by she's myself. And I sat down to have like dinner by myself. And then she sits right next to me. You're like, can we be and friends? Like, Assume uh, intimacy. Can we be friends? <laughs> then that's right? the point. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, why didn't she talk to me? Did I say something stupid? Damn it! I messed this one up. <laughs> Going through all of these different thoughts. Um, but oh, that's fun. When when is the book coming out? Where can people find you? Um, yeah, anything else going on in your life that you want to share about? The um, book is. I'll be there, but I'll be wearing sweatpants, and it is. Everywhere that you can buy a buy book on January 25th, um, you can pre-order on Amazon, Target, all those kinds of places. I love that. Love it. Yeah. What about Did I get it all, our, Amy? Our, yeah, well, we have we have the social media page. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do that too. So it's <laughs> called Sister I Am. It's called Sister I Am With You, and we're on Facebook and Instagram, and then. Jess and I both have our own pages. So um, I am at Amy Weatherly and Jess is at Jess Johnson. We're very creative. I love it. We'll we'll link all that in the show notes too. But I want to keep this on film or on on recording. Um, Amy, if you could title this podcast, what would you title it? Ooh. Ooh. Did we just become best friends? (laughs) That's what I would title it. I was going to say. We're going to. Can I say, can we assume intimacy and can we be best friends with you guys? Yes, yes. This was really fun. I like this a lot. It was really fun. So I was like, okay, I really enjoyed this so much. Oh, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Same. (laughs) I'm feeling good today. Oh, I'm feeling good today.